Mike Weir, former Masters champ, now on the PGA Champions Tour, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Mike, good morning. Morning, DJ PK. How you guys doing? We are doing all right. Uh, we had wanted right. to have you on with the golf season getting all fired up and, and to talk about you. And then obviously golf went right to the forefront a couple days ago uh, with the news of Tiger Woods' uh, wreck. And we know obviously you know Tiger, and I don't even know how many tournaments you would have played together or how many practice rounds you would have played together. But it must have been horrific just seeing the video of that car. That was just awful. You didn't need to be told anything. Seeing that car, it just had to go right to the pit of your stomach. Yeah, it did actually. Um, you know, I was I was down here in Tucson, or I am down here in Tucson. I was on the golf course, and <clears throat> I was checking my phone for something, and I saw the kind of the feed come across there. So I didn't see the picture until later. But my, you know, my first thoughts were, I, geez, I hope is it life threatening? What, what's what's happened? Um, I just heard saw that it was a single car wreck, and you know, immediately I just thought of him, and um, hopefully he was okay. And then seeing, as you said, DJ, you know, seeing the car after. Um, Man, he, uh, you know, he, I know they're pretty severe injuries, but yeah, it could have, could have been a lot worse. So, um, you know, I, I, I was watching the news this morning. They said it was a, a talus bone injury to his right foot. And, and actually my, my ex-wife had a very, um, severe talus bone horse accident where the bone was exposed, you know, her foot was smashed severely by this horse and, uh, but, you know, just thinking in my head now how she's recovered and she's leading a normal life, so I'm hoping th- that for him going forward. What was the time frame for uh, your ex-wife as far as when she had the injury and how long did it take before she got back to normal? Yeah, it was, it was you know, a good six to eight months. You know, it was, mm-hmm. a, you know, a pretty reconstructive surgery at the start and, and worry about infection as they are with Tiger. And, um, you know, and then it was, it was after the surgery, um, a lot of time just laid up for a while. I can't remember quite the time frame, maybe four to six weeks. And then it was onto a knee scooter, um, you know, getting the, getting the cast off, getting, getting things going, you know, maybe a couple of months later where the rehab started and things. So, um, you know, I think she, you know, cold weather and things like that, she still feels like the plate in her foot. I think they're, they put some screws and some things and tiger's foot, it sounds like. So, that's something I'll have to live with. I don't. I don't think those will ever come out. So, I'm. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know the specifics, but I, I'm just referring to 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 Bricia, my ex-wife, and she. You know, that's something that would never come out of her foot. Um, so it's something she's had to deal with, and I think it is leading a pretty pretty normal life and pretty still active life. And uh, you know, that's 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 what's kind of running through mine as I as I saw it was on the news this morning, hoping that that's uh, the outcome for him. Uh, too soon for you to uh, reach out and text with him or anything like that. Yes, yeah, I, I uh, you know, haven't haven't um, touched base with him at all or anything. So just like everybody else, just wishing he and his family the best, and hopefully he's just recovering well. And know that uh, you know that's that's a tough-minded guy right there, and knowing that um, he'll do everything he can and, and then some to uh, to recover and. I think, you know, as Rory McIlroy said, you know, I think golf's furthest thing in people's mind, but, you know, hope he's just, you know, lives a pain-free life. You know, hopefully, you know, the other thing I was thinking in my head that, you know, he's recovering from back surgery. Hopefully it didn't do any damage to his back, and that isn't a setback either, hopefully. So, yeah, just hoping for his health. I mean, that's that's the main thing right now, and, you know, maybe a few months down the road start start looking at, you know, what, what that recovery looks like as far as what, what golf might look like down the road. 
So you've had literally an eyewitness spot basically for the bulk of Tiger's prime because you and him Mm -hmm. are not too far away in age, so you were right there, and you've seen the tremendous growth of golf as a sport and the prize money and all the stuff that Tiger brought. And it's a tough thing to sum it up, but could you put into words what Tiger has meant for your sport? Oh, man. I mean, I liken it to the days when, you know, TV was just uh, becoming part of uh, of golf with Arnold Palmer and uh, the growth of the game with Arnold Palmer, you know, back in the, the late 50s and 60s and how the game really grew with Arnold Palmer. Um, obviously, I wasn't around during that time, but, I, you know, it was an explosion when Tiger came on the scene in the in the mid-90s. Um, we all benefited from it. Uh, PK, I mean, you know, the prize money went up. You know, I was there at a time when my game started to ascend pretty good. So I benefited from that uh, uh, sponsorships and, and all, all the things that go along with that. Um, you know, people were interested in golf. People thought golf was cool when you had, you know, this this type of athlete. You know, Tiger really bought, brought a, a certain amount of athleticism to the game um, that, um, you know, maybe was lacking in the past. And now, as you can see, that the boom in the game is, is there's tons of athletes in golf now, and I think Tiger's you know, a big part of that. Um, so, you know, he he's, you know, in a way transcended the game to a different level. People who maybe don't follow golf follow golf because of Tiger, you know, not just the core golf fans, but he brought a new um, energy into the game and, and new fans along with it. So, yeah, he was huge for the game of golf, or is huge for the game of golf. So you mentioned the uh, you know Tiger's back and and how that's going and and obviously there were people when Tiger was younger saying that is awesome what he does off the tee, but no mm-hmm. back can sustain that. When you see all the guys and how far they're hitting it now, are there guys you look at and think that's awesome, but how long can you sustain that? And there are other guys who hit it a long way and have a swing, and maybe you think they can sustain this. Yeah, that's a great point. I think there are swings you wonder sometimes that, you know, you know, the big lash swings that guys have, you know, a, a DeChambeau and Jason Day, how they, how hard they go at it. And then you see effortless power um, by, by certain players out there. Um, so those type of swings, maybe um, you, you might think in your head might, might last a little bit longer, but yet at the same time, I think the guys, really understand how uh, recovery, how important recovery is. And I think guys are spending a lot more time in recovery, uh, doing ice baths and doing all the e-stims and all. They have their their, uh, physical therapists out with them. So after the round, even after putting their body through a lot of hard swings like that, they're they're doing a lot of rehab after the round. They're not, uh, you know, back in the day going to to dinner with their buddies and having a few drinks like like old school guys. (laughs) They're, They're doing the rehab and, and, probably getting room service in the room and getting a lot of sleep and recovering. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, this this era of, of guys hitting a long way um, will will last. I, I seem to think it will. I mean, I think it's um, I think guys can have a long career as long as they take care of themselves. And um, I think the biomechanics, what we know, and, and movement patterns, what we know, and um, I think guys can work around maybe little subtle injuries that they might get. And I think they have a most guys have a, a good team around them to kind of just like they would in the NBA when guys get a little nicked up and a little something they they sit out for a little bit. Um, I think guys maybe do that a little bit more in golf now. 
So what was going on with that Zoom interview you were doing, and it ended up like a talking dog or something? <laughs> that was that was kind of parody, I guess. This there was this video that the the PGA Tour champions wanted to do. Um, I guess some viral video that went out where there was a judge and a lawyer talking about a case on a Zoom call, and popped up on his screen. He was a cat, and he was like, "Judge, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what's going on here, but there's this filter on here of a cat." And uh, it was this thing that you know in that kind of went viral, and the tour's like, "Hey, will you do this?" Uh, parody on that so that's what it was oh, okay it was funny yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks so uh what is your plan we had you on a while back and you were talking about looking ahead to your career on the champions tour and that and getting out there and playing what is what is your plan for 2021 assuming 2021 is a little more normal than 2020 yeah i mean just just kind of keep going keep progressing in the things that I'm, I'm working on in my game and uh you know we have 20 three to 25 events, I believe, on the Champions Tour schedule this year. So I'll probably play most of those, sprinkled in a couple of PGA Tour events, obviously the Masters, and hopefully if we're able to have the Canadian Open up in June in Toronto, that's a bit up in the air. Um, so, you know, some, somewhere in the in the low to mid-20 tournaments I'll play this year. And, yeah, I mean, I'm just enjoying the, the competition out here, the guys uh, seeing some old familiar faces here on the Champions Tour and, Played a practice round with DJ uh, day before yesterday, and you know, hitting balls with Ernie and Jim Furyk yesterday, having a few laughs. So it's it's fun to be out here on the Champions Tour, guys that are that I've known for a long time. And um, so yeah, but keep working on the game, trying to get a win here, hopefully. So we saw the other day Tony Finau standing over about a six or seven foot putt to win it. You've been in that situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't make it. He loses in the next hole, obviously. Uh, if he were to come to you and say, hey, Mike, what 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 kind of counsel could you give me? Because obviously he's going to be in that situation again and again and again because he's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, thing for Tony. I mean, I remember my first few times uh, in the mix trying to win. It's it's difficult, and then you, you, you finally break through, and you almost have this relief. And, you know, Tony's such a good player, and he's putting himself in so many positions. It's it's bound to just kind of fall in his lap where someone stumbles and he wins one. Um, it hasn't happened yet, or there's going to be a time where he, he played great Sunday and it's just going to pull ahead and win. So, you know, when you're standing over a putt like that, you just try to calm your breath. You try to take a, a deep breath, try to calm your nerves, um, and really try to not think of the outcome. You try to get focused on what you're doing. And, you know, if that putt, you know, that putt was a little left or right putt, you try to get your attention really on your spot and having full commitment to that putt and not thinking about anything else. Um, now, I know he's probably worked very hard on that, that, those sort of things, but that's what I would tell him. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. He, it looks like he's he's putting really well. He putted great. I know that's something he's worked very hard on. But his overall game looks so solid, and uh, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets one. But it's it's frustrating when you're not getting it done. There's no doubt about it. There's probably no one more frustrated than him. Um, so, um, yeah, I just I, I hope that's that's what he thinks about next time he's in contention is to really get committed. Not you know turn out tune out the the what ifs. What if I I miss this or if I make it I win. All that kind of stuff is just interference. You know you get really focused on on what you're doing and the process and and pick your spot and commit to it. That's where you have your best chance of a good outcome. 
So everybody's career arc is a little different, and everybody goes through slightly different challenges. But when you're where he is, and he's so close, and if anything, he inched even closer. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, Riviera, that, that's a pretty big name on the PGA Tour, and he shot a 64 mm-hmm. on Sunday. And that is a mm-hmm. heck of a number. And it feels like he's inching even closer. But when you're that close, how much of it is physical and how much of it is mental? Well, I think it's it's probably a mental thing at this point. You know, he has all the physical tools. He hits all the shots. He's he's putting well. I think every his whole whole game is very well rounded now, which is uh, which is a recipe for putting yourself where he is week in and week out. He's right in contention. So, you know, it's it's got to be a subtle mental thing. Uh, it could be just something very very slight. Um, this game's just, you know, it can be just a very slight thing that can make all the difference in the world. Like that's a simple mindset of just being a little bit more committed. You know, if you're, you know, you, you kind of think, let's say a putt is, you know, six inches outside the left and you're over it and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to play it a little more. If you think of that right at impact, that's not being as committed as you could be. Um, So subtle little differences like that in the mindset of just like, Nope, that's my spot. Six inches outside the left. I'm just going to hit it right there. That's a more decisive uh, decision. And that could be all the difference from making the putt and missing the putt. So it might be something as simple as that. Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it. But um, I, he, like you said, he's he's inching ever so close. And uh, who knows when he when he knocks one off here, he could the floodgates could open and he could win ten tournaments in the next couple of years. He has that kind of talent. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that for him. I hope he just makes those subtle adjustments. And you could tell over the years he's making adjustments in his game to improve. So. And he's got a great coach, and he's got a great team. I, I'm sure they're going to figure this out. Are they, letting, are they letting fans out on the course of what you guys play now? Uh, not this week in Tucson. No. Um, I'm not sure what that's – I was just asking the other day if uh, if we have any plans of that going forward, but it doesn't, doesn't look like it so far. Uh, I'm hoping here as we move into uh, yeah. later later spring and summer we'll, we'll, you know, we'll start to loosen some of that up and get some fans. Do you have uh, pro-ams early in the week, or is it strictly practice rounds with tour players, and that's the only that's all that's all that's on the course? Yeah, practice was uh, t- Monday and Tuesday, and then uh, I I played the pro-am yesterday. There's pro-ams. There was pro-am yesterday, another one today, and actually, as we were talking here, a tour official just texted me and said Fred Couples' back is not doing good. Could I fill in for him today? <laughs> so. Uh, you know, he's Freddie's been dealing with a bad back, so maybe I might have to play the pro-am again today to cover for Freddie. But um, usually the the two days prior to the start of the tournament are uh, pro-am days. Well, Mike, you're in Tucson. You know, I'm an ASU grad, so I want you to stay away from the U of A campus because there's a lot of toxic <laughs> chemicals over there. <laughs> I'll tell Furek. Jim Furek's an Arizona alumni. I'll tell him I'm, I'm steering clear. I understand <laughs> Phil's going to be there, though, isn't he? He is. Phil's playing this week as well. Yeah. Uh, great field this week. You know, Ernie's here and Burek, Phil, uh, Longer. Yeah, it's a really good field. I'll be checking it out. I, I've been curious about this since I was watching the uh, the made-for-TV stuff with everybody mic'd up last summer. Did Phil mm-hmm. really turn up the juice because he knew he was on camera and he's mic'd up, or is that how he is all the time? On like a, what, talking, what, talking, yapping on the, on the, yeah. on the match when he yeah, and he's you know and like that, activate yeah. my calves and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think he does that when we're playing out here, but uh, he he likes to uh, to tune up a little bit when the when the microphone gets on, especially in those made for TV things. And um, yeah, he he does that. That's that's his whole I guess Instagram thing is a 
his calves. He talked about his calves all the time. So, <laughs> you know, Phil, Phil's, uh, Phil's a lot of fun. He, uh, he likes to make light of himself, which is, which is great. And, uh, you know, he's good at it. You know, I think, uh, you know, who knows? Been, there's been a lot of chatter about him being in the broadcast booth yeah, here yeah. in the not too uh, distant future. So he'd be really good at it. And he's he's good analyst. He's got a great mind for the game. So he'd be he'd be a great analyst of uh, of the tour for the tour for sure. Uh, there was a time once when, uh, and I know he'd be good at a hundred percent. He'd be good at it. And if you ever uh, are killing time with him, ask him about uh, the time he and Sean Salisbury got into it on the radio over football picks, and then he ended up being right. And Salisbury ended up getting oh, annihilated boy. with Dan Patrick. He'll remember. Oh, really? Oh, it's an awesome story. Dan Patrick was saying that he, I think he picked the Vikings and he was breaking down why. And Salisbury is like, you know, I'm a pro football player. Don't break it. Pick whoever you want, but don't break it down for me. <laughs> well, I think it was the Vikings that Phil picked. They were in the game. And I think the Vikings ran the opening kickback for a touchdown and then blew out whoever they were playing. And Dan Patrick said his voicemail started filling up when the return guy was at midfield. It was at the time. It was epic. I'm sure Phil could regale you with that story in great detail. Oh yeah, I'll ask him about it for yeah. sure. All right. Well, Mike, we appreciate the time. We appreciate. Uh, I know a lot of people here still track your career and what you're doing. I love hearing about you. And obviously, everybody was, uh, you know, just you know, has rooted for Tiger for a long time. Is hoping for the best for mm-hmm. him now. So thanks for coming on right now on kind of short notice. We appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure, guys. No okay. problem. Yeah, well, we're, we're all pulling for Tiger. Thanks. Yeah.